Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's a story that I heard about recently that's really stuck with me. It's about a convicted murderer who spent long periods of time in solitary confinement. He recalled sitting in his cell with his eyes closed when a fly landed on his leg. Instead of swatting it away, he stayed still, and he let it walk along his body. The sensation, for some reason, reminded him of his wife's touch. And from then on, he spends time imagining it's her and not the fly crawling on his hands and legs. Eventually, he even begins catching flies whenever he's allowed outside his cell, and then releasing them to fly around and land on him when he's back inside. For decades, through his incarceration, he said it was the flies that kept him company. What's interesting to me about the story is how viscerally it depicts our need for physical touch. Touch is something most of us can recognize when we're lacking it, but rarely do we realize what the absence of touch can do to our body and our well-being. Just about everyone in the world right now appears to be experiencing less touch. There's less hugging, less handshaking. This is certainly nothing like what the inmate in the story went through, and I don't want to suggest that. But for those riding out the pandemic alone, and even those living with a partner or friends, this reduction in touch can have real biochemical consequences. So on today's episode, we're going to explore the power of touch and what we can do to reclaim the benefits of touch, even in the COVID-19 era. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. Touch has uh, been described as an external nervous system. We take it for granted because it's not like being blind or, or being deaf. It's not immediately obvious what would happen to us if we lost our, our, our sense of touch. That's Professor Tiffany Field. She's director of the Touch Research Institute at the University of Miami School of Medicine. It's the first center in the world devoted solely to the study of touch. Professor Field has been exploring the impact of touch on health and well-being for decades. She had visited Romania after the fall of communism and saw children in understaffed orphanages. Many of those orphans had been neglected and deprived of touch for years. And her research also took her to India to talk about the benefits of massage and to Paris to examine the behavioral development of teenagers who grow up in a culture where frequent touch is common. But before all of that, before the Touch Research Institute even existed, Professor Field got her first glimpse of the power of touch in a neonatal intensive care unit. She was a graduate student working with premature babies. And we were trying to help the babies grow to get out of the the hospital faster. The babies were in there for long periods of time, in incubators, basically, And uh, we would see the parents come and go and get depressed that they couldn't take their baby home because weight gain at that time was the criterion for discharge. And so we gave them nipples to suck on because they were being too fed. 
And when they sucked on the nipples, they gained more weight, they got discharged. So we argued if you can just stimulate the inside of the mouth and get that kind of effect, what if we just stimulated the entire body? And that's when we started massaging them. And they they uh, gained 47% more weight and they were discharged on average hmm. six days earlier at an incredible hospital cost savings. And, and you... You experienced this personally as well, right? With your own your own daughter. Um, my my daughter was born prematurely, so she was sort of a guinea pig. We we practiced on her, <laughs> and she's now taller and smarter than I am. So <laughs> <laughs> it's one of these things that you know, sort of, you know, I, I feel like intuitively makes sense, and yet it seems like it's hard to study, hard to actually. Uh, draw the the cause and effect. How how hard are these these types of studies that show the benefit of touch? There's a lot of ways you can study the positive effects. The deprivation effects are much harder to study because unless you go visit one of the Romanian orphanages and see how those kids, uh, their growth has been stunted, their uh, cognitive development is stunted. Um, you're not going to really see much touch deprivation. But uh, the way we've been studying it during COVID is um, we did a survey during the lockdown. And at the beginning, the first two weeks of the survey, uh, 42% were saying they felt touch deprived. But by the end of four weeks, 68% were saying they were touch deprived. So obviously people were Feeling that even though only 23% were living alone, there were obviously a lot of people who are living together who were also feeling touch deprived. And that was pretty distressing um, because I thought, you know, when kids are home with their families, they're going to be hugging them, they're going to be crawling on their laps, and and there's going to be a lot more touch interaction. So what's going on there? What were they, what are they doing all that time together? A study that we did before covid and airport gates gave us some clues. And what we were seeing at the airport gates when people are waiting to get on their airplanes is a lot of time on the cell phone. Hmm. 3% of the time touching, 68% of the time on their cell phones. So I think touch deprivation has been going on for a while and COVID-19 has really exacerbated it. I see exactly what you're talking about. I have three daughters. We're a very tight-knit, close family, but... Oftentimes, um, you know, one of my kids is over on their phone off to the side, scrolling, as you say, not talking, probably on TikTok, watching videos. And I've always recognized how much attention that is taken away from the family time. But I hadn't really thought about it in, 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 in the relevance of, of touch specifically. You say that people are touch-deprived. So, so what does that mean exactly? Is there, is there a way of defining Touch deprivation? Well, I think um, the, the best definition is, is getting sick. Um, the best criterion is getting sick because we, we know that the natural killer cells that are critical in killing viral, bacterial, and cancer cells um, are elevated following massage. And we, we demonstrated that with women with breast cancer and with, uh, with people with HIV. If you stimulate the pressure receptors, that sends a message to the vagus. The increase in vagal activity slows the nervous system. So heart rate slows, blood pressure slows. And the most significant thing is that the stress hormones are reduced. And as the stress hormones are reduced, you can save the natural killer cells and then not get sick. Are, are you seeing that uh, among adults? If I am touch-deprived in the middle of a pandemic, am I less likely to heal as quickly or more likely to to 
succumb to some sort of viral exposure. How do you, how do you describe that? Well, we, we, the way we describe it is what we've measured, and that is the natural killer cells and the cortisol levels. And we know that when people are reporting that they're stressed, their cortisol levels elevate and their natural killer cells go down. And since we know natural killer cells kill bacterial, viral, and cancer cells, we, we get concerned about that. Um, so to boost that, we need to have whatever stimulates those pressure receptors to get the vagal activity up and the cortisol down is is the critical thing. But but let me let me just ask though, in terms of touch specifically, are we thinking of touch as a as a true sort of biological thing or as a metaphor for connection in some way? Like if I if I'm sitting there making really good eye contact with somebody and we're smiling and we're having facial gestures that are, you know, very honest and genuine. Is that sort of thing a good substitute, especially in a time of COVID, for touch? I don't, I don't think it's a substitute, and I think that's why exercise has become very popular. Uh, 86% of our sample were exercising. And exercise, if you can imagine, does very much the same as being hugged because, say, you're walking around and it stimulates the pressure receptors on your feet. And even just sitting here, you know, swinging our legs, we're, we're, we're simulating pressure receptors in our legs. Washing our hands, like we're doing like many times a day, that's stimulating the pressure receptors in our hands. So we need that. The body biologically, biochemically, bioelectrically needs that stimulation. So we have to get it from somewhere. And we might not be getting it from our friends or from our family as much as we normally would. So we need to do something like exercise to compensate. How cultural is this? Because yeah, I'm I'm Indian, and Indians in India are are big touchers, and I think it probably has a lot to do just with population density, and everyone is up on top of each other. In this country, though, I find that it's 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 not we're not as much of huggers as 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 they are in 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 India. In India, babies get massaged at least twice a day. And the massage is very rigorous. It looks like someone's washing clothes on, on a board. That's how rigorous it is. In fact, when I went to India to give a talk, they said, no, we stopped doing that because a couple of kids got bruised and ended up in the hospital. So we had to work with them to, you know, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. And so they got massaging babies again. So as the, as the queen of touch, as, as, as you are called, um, what have you been doing during covid did you know touch deprivation is an issue? How do you deal with it? Well, I do uh, every day. I, I do a Zoom yoga class, a Zoom Tai Chi class. I swim for half an hour. I do half an hour fast walking. And um, that's that's about it. And and you really, like, I hear these things, and I, of course, think about it from a just physical exertion standpoint. And those are good for your cardiovascular health. You obviously think of it that way as well, but you're you're focused on just the fact that it's stimulating certain pressure receptors in your body. Right, exactly. Do you get physical touch from other people right now? No, not right now. No, I'm I'm single and I'm um, so I'm pretty much isolated. But I I do see people socially and um, you know at a distance, and then I do all my exercise. So, how much are you? Do you think you're missing then by not actually getting? call it a hug or, or whatever sort of physical touch like that? I think I miss that a lot. I, I think that I do miss that a lot. 
Is, is this a trajectory, do you think? Are we becoming less sort of uh, inclined to touch one another just as humans? Or do you think that this is a blip on, on a long evolutionary scale? Somewhere in between, Sanjay. Somewhere in between a blip and a trajectory. Because I think people will continue to want to make contact. I think that we're going to see modified forms. I see elbow bumping uh, has been very, very positive. People smile and laugh when they elbow bump. And hopefully people are going to realize that they have been touch deprived, that they haven't been able to hug their friends, and that now they're going to be able to do that, um, or maybe they'll do it more cautiously. I have to say, as a doctor, touch is so important, and in ways I didn't even appreciate could be studied. We talk about the laying of hands on patients, just reaching out, touching their hands or shoulders. It tells them we are there, that we care about them, and sometimes it tells them what we can't communicate as well in words. While there is no perfect substitute for that kind of touch during this pandemic, I hope it's reassuring to those who have been weathering this crisis alone that physical exercise, just stimulating the pressure receptors in the body, can provide at least some of the same benefits. So put down the phone, step away from the computer, get up, get moving. Not just for the exercise, but for the touch as well. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We're going to take a few days off to enjoy the holiday. But we'll be back next week with a few special end-of-the-year episodes. Until then, stay safe, take care of each other, be kind, and thanks for listening. Coronavirus Fact vs. Fiction is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer. Felicia Patinkin is the senior producer. Raj Makija is the Senior Manager of Production Operations. This week's episodes were produced by Anne Lagamayo, Rachel Cohn, Emily Liu, Aaron Mathewson, Madeline Thompson, Zach St. Louis, and Zoe Saunders. Our medical writer is Andrea Kane. Nathan Miller is our engineer, and David Toledo is the team's production assistant. Special thanks to Ben Tinker and Amanda Seeley of CNN Health, as well as Ashley Lusk, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.